Hi, welcome everybody. Uh, typically what we're doing today is office hours, but today we're gonna try something a little different. We're going to combine a podcast episode with office hours. And I think this is gonna turn out really well, um, but if it doesn't, then we're never gonna do it again. So let's give it a try, okay? Uh, so if you're listening to this as, um, as a podcast episode, this is your cyber path. And as always, our goal is to help you get your dream cybersecurity job. My name is Kip Boyle. And if you've been watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, you know that what we've been doing lately is we've been giving you a tour of what we call the common cybersecurity department, because we want you to know what are the jobs that are available to you as you get into cybersecurity. We want you to also know what are the opportunities in the future as you accumulate experience, you know, where could your career path go? So typically we do that with Wes Schreiner and uh, we're not gonna do that today, but Wes is gonna be back. So don't worry, we're gonna continue the tour. But today uh, I'm joined by Glenn Sorensen who has been on the show before. He's an experienced hiring manager. And, and today we're also joined by uh, our guest, Arthurine Brown. And Arthurine is going to share with you uh, what her cyber path has consisted of, kind of where she started, uh, the kind of work that she's doing now, and then some tips and some uh, ideas for those of you in the audience who are, who are trying to get your cybersecurity career off the ground. So. This episode is available as an audio recording in your favorite podcast app. You can also watch it as a video on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and then search for your CyberPath podcast, and you'll be able to, to watch us that way. So uh, as I said, today, we've got a guest. Her name is Arthurine Brown, and I want to welcome her. And Arthurine, I want to thank you for dropping by. Really appreciate you being here today. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to start with the work that you're doing now, learning a little bit about what you're doing now. So would you mind sharing with the audience uh, what your current job is and, and anything else about the work that you're, that you're doing now, just so people can get a really strong understanding of, of the kind of things you do on a daily basis and the kinds of conversations that you're having, the kinds of problems that you're solving. Right. So uh, for the past seven years, I've worked for Altria um, Client Services, and I work in the IT risk department. I started initially doing identity and access management. Um, and after about two years, so for the past five years, I've been directly being a business information security officer. So what that means is I'm aligned to two business areas uh, including uh, one is our IT risk management team. And my role is to help them take safe risks. So through projects, uh, suppliers, um, doing risk assessments, advising on projects, um, weighing in on governance and compliance, uh, what should we be looking out for, what's next in our uh, roadmap, um, and kind of just giving them strategic direction um, in one way or another. I, th I think that's a very, uh, a very valuable service that you're performing. And I think it really strikes to the heart of, of what uh, good cyber risk management can do for an organization. And you said you're a business information security officer. That's kind of a, 
of, of a newer title, isn't it? I've, I've noticed that that's kind of come up only in the last few years or so. But what's your experience with that job title, Ben? Uh, most people don't know what it is. Uh, even within the cybersecurity world, um, it's kind of this unknown role. Uh, it is emerging. Uh, some of the organizations I belong to, I'll introduce myself as a business information security officer. And others who technically have this role will kind of ping me and say, hey, that's kind of my title too. But I just say I'm a information security manager because no one ever knows what a, a BSO <laughs> actually is. Um, but I would yeah. say it's just, we're just more focused on providing security governance to a particular business area versus, you know, a security program um, or a uh, or to the organization as a whole. Um, it's just very narrowly focused. So that's kind of how you can look at it. Other BSOs I've met, their roles kind of align the same way. Um, they concentrate on maybe the accounting area of their business and finance or the, uh, the, the media side of their, uh, of their organization. So it's usually focused so that you understand a business and its, its needs and its security challenges. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And, and Altria is a pretty big company, so I can see why it would make sense, why it would yeah. be affordable for them to have you know, dedicated roles like, like a BISO um, role that you're describing. I want to ask you one more question, and then I know Glenn wants to, to get an opportunity to ask you a question too. Uh, where, where do, who's, okay, so a lot of times when you're doing uh, cybersecurity work or cyber risk work, you're part of the IT organization. Mm -hmm. is, is that where you're located uh, or where, where in your organization does your job report up to? Yeah. So we report into, into it. Uh, in my previous security role um, prior to coming to Altria, we actually were independent of it. So we were a separate organization that sat outside of it just because of the, the governance role that we, that we held um, and contractually based on who we were supporting, um, they wanted that way, you know, they didn't want um, the, to muddy the water since we were the same organization providing services. All right, so uh, that makes a lot of sense to me both, uh, <clears throat> both ways. But uh, so how did you get here? What was your, what was your path into cybersecurity? It was long and windy. <laughs> uh, I'll say I've been doing IT probably for about 20 years, um, spending the last about 10 in information security. So that first 10 years included the normal lot of help desk roles that give you all the bumps and bruises and helps you learn about the organization. Uh, I did customer support roles, uh, learned some of the soft skills you need about process improvement and customer service and partnering with the business. Um, I was working as a uh, application analyst um, when I got tapped on the shoulder for my first security role. And uh, I was completely honest with the person and told them, you know, I had limited experience in security, um, but what he needed for this role, which was to a SOC, uh, was the other skills that I had, which was ticket management, working with end users, working with difficult, difficult clients, being able to explain technology to non-technical people. And I brought those skills to his team and his team and, and the manager taught me security. So they helped me 
start to get a little bit deeper in security. Um, I went from tier one to tier two and managing, um, you know, the SIM tool and IDS, uh, the intrusion detection, uh, making sure AV compliance on our systems and those type of roles. And then I got the opportunity to um, kind of put more of my application management chops back into my work and got a job with Altria doing identity and access management. And after that, uh, just being in the security realm, I started learning, um, even though I had a master's degree, um, that I needed to become more of a SME in my space that I was starting to develop a career. So um, then I started getting you know, relevant certifications based on what I was doing and training and conferences. Um, and that allowed me to get the opportunity to become a BSO in my organization. Awesome. That's uh, uh, not all that dissimilar from my my own path in there in terms of um, the different windy ways that you you end up yeah. you end up. So yeah. Hmm. So Arthurine, I was going to yeah. um, point out that a lot of the people who listen to well who are here in office hours and who listen to us on the podcast uh, haven't yet broken into you know cybersecurity. Right? They're still they're still uh, trying to identify what is a good cybersecurity job for them, and then to actually um, accumulate the experience that they need in order to be able to um, compete successfully to get that job. Now, one of the things that you were just explaining to Glenn about your windy path is that at some point you had enough, what I would call transferable skills that, that allowed you to make that, that leap. Um, and and where, where somebody recruited you and then taught you what you needed to know about cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a very common experience. But did, I was wondering if, if you had any thoughts for people who you know, don't have, um, you know, aren't in a situation where they've got years of IT experience with transferable skills. Have you, or do you know of, of, of other people who have, who have been able to get the right amount of experience in a different way? You know, and have you, have you seen any other, uh, any other ways for people to break in? Yeah, so ways I've seen people break in is really show, show interest. So getting their foot in the door in some other capacity and showing interest to their IT risk management or security group, um, learning, um, taking opportunities to learn from them, understand processes, um, educating themselves so that they can you know, at least be at a high level familiar to be able to weigh in on conversations, um, you know, something as simple as asking about, you know, emerging tech to show your interests, um, I think shows a lot of um, proactiveness. And I think that can go a long way to someone recognizing that you might be an asset to, to, to their team. Because I think once you're in, and you can bring those other soft skills to the job. Mm -hmm. um, that's perfect. If not, uh, I know some people have gone the certification route so that they understand the the basics. And there are definitely entry level jobs like a SOC that you can uh, walk into. Um, I think if there's something of interest, there's a trick that I recently learned about um, that I never considered before, but if you're interested in a certain position and you're not quite sure 
um, how to approach it or what skills you think you need to approach it, um, dump the description into a word cloud and see what's the most prominent words that come out and and how you can align to or demonstrate those capabilities. Um, and that will shine through when you're interviewing or applying. Um, wow, that's a great idea. So let me, let me just recap that, right? So take the job description, mm -hmm. go find a word cloud making tool on the internet because there are several free ones, right? Right. And just probably a lot of different free ways to make one of these things, but take the job description, put it in the word cloud tool, and then it'll, 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 that tool will then tell you based on the size of the word in the cloud, what's coming up most frequently. Is that right? Yeah, because most hiring um, companies are using analytics to, you know, to decide which applications are the most relevant for them to pick up or give a call back to. So if you do that for the job description, you can also do it against your own resume to see how well they match up. Um, oh. And that's a, a good way to make sure you're getting on people's, you know, radar. It may not necessarily be that you don't have enough experience. It's just that your resume isn't speaking to uh, the analytics or data analytics they're using to say these keywords are must be in the resume yeah. for us to, 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 you know, make a selection of who's getting a callback. You just taught me something super important. That was a fantastic tip that you just shared. That's we're, we're amazing. Stealing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's stolen. I have my copy right here. That's 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 just yeah. That's just great. Uh, what I tell people is, you know, imagine that the employer has their own private Google search engine, but instead of the web, they you know it, it points to a giant pile of resumes, right. right? And and you're one of those resumes, right? How are you going to make sure that your resume pops up first in the search results, right? So just to help people sort of conceive of, of these analytics that, that you're talking about. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, cool. So, Glenn, I think you had another question, right? Yeah. So that kind of ties in a little bit with what we're talking about here. Uh, but really put your hiring manager's hat on here for a second. And how do I, as a candidate, prove to you as a hiring manager that I have what it takes? Um, I think some key things is not just all the technical chops, it's how well you will fit into teams. So be thoughtful with your answers. If you need a second, don't just blurt something out. If you need a second to consume it, just say, okay, give me a moment. Let me think about that. Because usually they're very textbook questions of give me an example of where you've done this, which may be limited if you haven't held a security job um, or a job relevant to what you're applying for. But try to see how you can convert that to something you've done, whether personally or professionally or within school. Um, come with questions. It shows interest that you've researched the company, you understand the position. Uh, key questions like, what does my first 90 days look like? What does success in my first 90 days look like? Um, what's a typical day in the life of this position? Um, they sound generic, but it actually shows that you you know, the worst thing is to get to the end of an interview and someone says, do you have any questions? And you say no, because that shows that, you know, they're, they're never going to cover everything uh, about the job. But it sh you having questions shows that you've given thought um, and that you're focused on, you know, not only getting the job, but being successful in it. Um, making sure you answer the question um that you're being asked 
uh, seems simple, but doesn't always happen. Doesn't so, always happen. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, we're all human. Um, just, just be yourself, bring your authentic self to the interview. Um, and I think that's all I can think of at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are great responses, Arthur. And thank you. Um, and actually it's, it's interesting. I, I feel like you're reading my mind because this is the second time that I've, I, I have a question actually prepared for you where I feel like you've already either answered it or, or, or you've already, <laughs> you've already touched a lot on it. And so I'll just, I'll just tell you the, <clears throat> the question, but there may not be a lot more to say, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, well, the question I want to ask you is what's the number one mistake that you see job candidates make? And you've actually given us several so far, but, um, I don't know if that's number one for you or, you know, is there a number one mistake that you're seeing candidates make that you haven't mentioned? Um, not being concise. Um, they kind of lose track of the question. Um, they go into it one way and come out a completely different other way. And the question wasn't answered in it five minutes later. So mm -hmm. a lot of meandering and not necessarily, you know, getting to the heart of the matter. Right. There's usually a target to say, okay, for the question that was being asked, what did you do? What was your contribution and what were the results? Um, right. 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 And, and usually uh, companies, larger, especially larger companies, they, they, they have tips on their websites of how to interview with them. Um, mm. Basically their interview style. So that's another good thing. You know, definitely do your research, do your research. Don't just apply for the job from indeed and, and not ever go to that company's, you know, about us careers site, because usually uh, mid range to large companies will have some details of this is how our process goes. Um, here are common questions or here's how we like answer it structured. Um, so if you haven't done that due diligence, that will shine bright to them that you didn't that you actually didn't. Um, yeah. But also it helps you when you interview with other places that may be smaller, but doesn't <clears throat> have that on their website that it can help you structure your answers to be clear, concise, um, answer the question with relevancy. And um, I would say also just everyone wants a team player, but everything can't be we. Um, we doesn't indicate what your contribution was. Um, you want to highlight what you're going to bring to the table. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, um, it, it, it reminds me of a couple of things that we've talked about with our students. One is that you're going to get a lot of behavioral questions, yeah. right? Tell us about a time when, and, um, and so you can use, um, you know, a framework to prepare yourself to answer that question, right? So sometimes that goes by the name of star. Sometimes it goes by the name of share, right? But we've, we've definitely covered that before. So that's a way that you can structure your answers. You may not know what the actual questions are going to be, but you know, there's one question that you always get that you can prepare for, which is uh, almost everybody's going to ask, so tell me about yourself, right? Yeah. Who's Kip? Tell me about Kip, right? And so that question, you can almost always be guaranteed that that one's going to come up. So there's really no excuse for not hitting the ball out of the park when you hear that question. Yep. Um, I think that's a perfect way to showcase your passions and, and what you care, really care about. Um, and with that, you should practice that because 
that kind of comes up. Another key thing to the job market is networking. Um, so what's your elevator speech? If you got like 30 seconds to tell someone who you are and, and you know, and why you're important, um, you know, what, what would you say? And you can practice that on friends, family, spouses. Um, it's really, what do you want that person to remember about you 10 minutes later when they're talking to someone else? If they run into you at another event, it was like, oh yeah, that was Glenn. And I remember Glenn um, because he and I both love wine <laughs> yeah. um, or I don't know, any, anything like that, but you know, practice your speech. Know if you had to introduce yourself to an employer or just at a networking event that you you have those key points about you. Right. Yeah. Good soft skills. Uh, that's great. Uh, we're almost out of time for the uh, for this portion of our of our office hours, which again is going to be uh, released as a, as a podcast episode on your cyber path. Glenn, was there anything else you wanted to ask Arthurine before we wrap? Uh, well, I did want to say one thing, and that is uh, this this wine thing with Arthurine and I is in fact true because we 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 did some work that involved wine together. So, <laughs> and she remembered. <laughs> You're now Glenn, the wine guy. <laughs> Not such a bad thing. Okay. Well, Arthurine, I want to thank you for uh, for being here for uh, office hours and for being willing to also. Uh, share what you know with our podcast audience. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to uh, wrap up the podcast portion of, of today's session. We're going to transition into uh, open Q&A time with our Cyber Pathfinder students. And so as, as we wrap up this, this segment, I want to thank you for, for being here. I want you to stick around, um, but I wanted to say a few words to folks who are just consuming this as, as a podcast. Um, you know, we've got a free guide for you. We actually made a, a downloadable PDF that, that we think is going to be very helpful. It's called Play to Win, Getting Your Dream Cybersecurity Job. And the whole idea is that we want you to win at job hunting. And so if you've been playing Capture the Flag as part of your uh, training, you know, as, as, your, as, your, uh, as, a, as a way of gathering experience, if you've played Capture the Flag, then you can actually take those skills and transfer them into into job hunting. So it's a 20 page, very visual guide. And I think you should go get it. it you can go, you, and here's the URL, it's at yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF. And if you think that this is not a helpful guide, if you go get it and you think, well, you know, not as great as Kip made it sound, you need to tell me, all right? Because if anything about that guide needs to be changed, I wanna hear about it so that I can change it because we want it to be super useful. So it's at yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF. And remember, you're just one pathway from your dream cybersecurity job. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>